Hello and welcome to this special episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where we're going to be talking with a young man who has started a new Catholic pro-life group and who has a, just a great family. We know Gabriel Vance because we brought him to Rome. LifeSite began a first Catholic fellowship program and now an internship. And the first crew was just an incredible group of young Catholics, totally vibrant for the faith. And we've got Gabriel Vance with us today. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Gabriel, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, John Henry. I'm very excited about this. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, I when before this started, I gave you a little, little bit of an intro, but tell us a little about yourself, and um, we're going to get into what you're doing in just a sec. I am a born and raised Catholic. I uh, live in Columbus, Ohio. I've been here all my life. And uh, in high school, I started a, a pro-life group at my high school after going on the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and that kind of really started uh, my process of getting personally involved in pro-life work. I had done a lot with my family in the past. I'm one of five siblings, and I grew up seeing my older siblings do a lot in the pro-life movement, as well as my mother and father. And in high school, I really started to make it my own. And I got, I went to Ohio Dominican University in Columbus, Ohio, and got a bachelor's in theology there. And summer after uh, my freshman year, my wife, Anna, and myself got married and got pregnant with our first four months later. Um, so throughout college, I was involved in pro-life work. And immediately after I graduated, I started full-time with a pro-life ministry, a national group based in Columbus, Ohio, called Created Equal. They focus mainly on public activism and, and education in the pro-life movement. Um, so I've been with them for five years now. But like you said, uh, several years ago in 2018, my wife, Anna, and myself, uh, along with our, our second little boy, Leo, uh, he's one of three now, uh, we were able to go to the to the pilgrimage in Rome that LifeSite News and Voice of the Family hosted um, the Rome Youth Conference in 2018. And it was a really moving experience where I had a great desire to not only work um, with other alongside with other Christians in the pro-life movement, but to really saturate my pro-life efforts with the fullness of the Catholic faith and work within a Catholic apostolate. And that was kind of the vision um, that started uh, Catholics for Life. And you are not only open to life, you were, you were, uh, you came to Rome with, with the little baby, which is just awesome for us. But um, there, there's no shyness about a having, being open to life and uh, just making that baby totally part of you, whatever you're doing. Now you're involved with uh, Created Equal. Now Created Equal is a, a very, um, I guess you could say, in your face uh, kind of uh, pro-life work. There, um, I, I know Mark very well and uh, see him every year at the March for Life. Well, it used to before COVID, and uh, just you know, they present the reality of abortion like few others do. Tell us a little bit about what they do. Create Equal focuses a lot on training and activism. So we're trying to train the next generation of pro-life leaders. We go to high schools and college campuses, um, present for churches and youth groups, giving presentations so that young people can be equipped to make a defense for the pre-born. But then we don't, just don't stop with the apologetics we then focus on our street outreaches. So Create Equal goes to 
uh, leads hundreds of outreaches every year going to college campuses and urban areas and high schools, overpasses, abortion facilities all over the nation. And we bring with us images, not only of preborn babies, but also abortion victims. So real images of little boys and girls who've been killed by abortion. We use these, these images and these pictures to start conversations, asking people just in public areas what they think about abortion and striving to, to change hearts and minds on abortion, to rescue preborn babies, and to bring the gospel and healing to post-abortive men and women. Um, so I've been with them five years now as a director of external affairs, and I still am with Create Equal part-time, but just this January is when I also started uh, Catholics for Life. And uh, with Catholics for Life, are you similarly involved in kind of street outreach, on-the-ground type of work? Yeah, and that's really what the vision that started it was. Um, I loved the activism that Create Equal was doing. I think it's so important. I've seen so much fruit come from it. Hundreds of minds change each year, many babies saved. And I think it's really important that we are engaging the culture because if we can change public opinion on abortion, then the laws will follow and then lives will be saved and preborn children will be protected um, as the rest of humans are in America. So so I, I knew how important that was, and I saw the great fruit that came from this public activism. But like I said, I really wanted to saturate it with the Catholic faith. I wanted to incorporate sharing the fullness of the faith in outreaches, evangelizing the Catholic faith, the salvation of souls during all of our outreaches we're doing on the street, on college campuses. I wanted to incorporate um, the team participating in the sacraments, the mass and, and reconciliation before outreaches and things like this. I wanted to bring in especially the grace of the Eucharist and of Our Lady's intercession, some of those powerful avenues of grace that God has given us through his church and things that without which I, I do not believe we will end abortion. So so Catholics for Life has a, still a very focused, very focused on public activism while also incorporating the fullness of the Catholic faith. So, so what we're doing right now, what we have planned right now, is we are doing regular sidewalk counseling outside of Planned Parenthood, people praying and people counseling, the mothers and fathers going in. We are also um, have started and will, once it gets nicer out, we'll start doing more public street outreaches um, that are not only a pro-life outreach, but also really street evangelization um, to pass on and share the gospel and communicate the Catholic faith to passerbys. And then we're also looking into organizing Eucharistic processions to abortion facilities. This has been done in other areas and has really been almost miraculous in closing down facilities, um, as well as different trainings and things we can do to maybe set up chapters or clubs at different high schools and churches and youth groups around the area to get more people involved. So those are some of the big projects we're doing. But yes, a very, very focused on education outreach and very centered on this, this public activism. Now, one of the aspects that is, I guess, challenging here for a lot of people is, you know, let's say I'm a young person at a high school. I've thought about doing this too. I'd like to speak to my friends. I'm just way too shy. How, how, um, how could I ever do that? And you're on the street and you're supposed to what start talking. So how do you get over that? Um, you know, that initial, uh, gee, you know, here's a soapbox. I'm doing this. I'm not doing it for me. I'm supposed to be doing it for Jesus. I want to, but I'm too scared. What do you do? Really? The only answer I have is you just have to do it. <laughs> you have to ask for God to give you the grace the courage to do it. Because um, I think when we go out in the streets, whether it's to do evangelization, um, uh, strictly about the gospel, or whether it's to do well, still evangelization, sharing the pro-life message, um, sharing the gospel of life, um, it is it, it is hard to do, right? And it is nerve-wracking, and it can be scary. 
at first, uh, but the only way you're really going to get comfortable with it, you're going to get used to it, is if you do it. That's not to say that you shouldn't attend a training beforehand. So with Catholics for Life, I've already done four different trainings this year. Um, I'm doing a training for two different youth groups for about 80 different young people um, next month, as well with two of the Catholic churches here in Columbus, Ohio. And you can go to a training like this. So you can see a presentation. You can even um, watch people role play in front of you and get the opportunity to kind of talk to people around you. Uh, we usually set people up so they role play. So one person acts as a, a pro-abortion advocate and the other person then defends the pro-life view and you go back and forth and practice. So there, there's trainings like this to learn how to use science and reason to defend the unborn, how to settle counsel, minister to post-abortive men and women, how to use conversations about abortion to as a, as a springboard to sh go strictly into the gospel and share that with individuals. So there's these training, these opportunities to do this that can help equip you to begin with, but then to actually go out and do it, you just have to make a commitment, find other people who are experienced, who've been out there before, go out there with them. So you can kind of shadow them to begin with, but then you really just need to ha start having the conversations yourself and really just entrust yourself to God's grace, <laughs> ask for uh, fortitude from the Holy Spirit, ask for that gift and, and let him guide you. Um, in your evangelization, evangelization and your activism. So Gabriel, let me just ask you one last question. How did you get the inspiration to start Catholics for Life? Well, John Henry, you mentioned how my wife Anna and I attended the Rome Youth Conference in 2018 with LifeSite News, and that actually started kind of the story behind Catholics for Life. So it was there on that on that pilgrimage in Rome that I really felt a desire, a call to work in a pro-life Catholic ministry, to be part of a Catholic apostolate and have my pro-life activism be centered within that. And I didn't really know what that looked like, but it was something that I kept praying about over the next year. And on October 23rd, 2019, so this was a, exactly the one year anniversary uh, when my wife and I were leaving Rome from the pilgrimage, I was actually reading a LifeSite News article about guardian angels, and I just said a general prayer to my guardian angel just to help guide me and inspire me um, to follow God's will and intercede for the grace that I need to do that. And I just felt this overwhelming urge, this sensation that it was time to pursue uh, Catholic pro-life activism. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I just kind of said, I couldn't explain the urge, the desire that I had for it. It was very supernatural. And I said, okay, Lord, you know, I'll reach out to some different Catholic groups, uh, maybe some Catholic ministries locally, and I'll see what happened. Um, but then just a, a few seconds later, I got a text on my phone from my cousin of a photo of Father Stephen Embrado saying mass in his trailer outside of an abortion facility. So Father Stephen Ambrado is, he used to work with Priests for Life, and now he started his own ministry, Life Ministries US. And one of his initiatives is On the Road for Life. And he travels across the country, going outside of abortion facilities, um, doing minor exorcisms, um, bringing the Eucharist outside of abortion facilities, giving talks in churches and things like this. And he was in Dayton, Ohio, at that very moment that I said this prayer to my guardian angel and felt really inspired to get involved in pro-life activism. And my cousin was there sending me a picture of him. So I was able to contact uh, Father Stephen and brought him and meet with him the next day. And he made it possible for me to start Catholics for Life as an initiative of his nonprofit, Life Ministries US. So we function as an affiliate of that an initiative of uh, Life Ministries US. But it was it's very cool, very providential how Catholics for Life has come about. It's definitely due to God's grace. Um, 
and it seemed miraculous at times, but it was very linked to to life site news um, and that pilgrimage to Rome, even in the very beginning. And and things that you shared there on the pilgrimage, John Henry, like um, your devotion to Our Lady, especially to um, St. Louis de Montfort and his book, True Devotion, we're now constant, we're actually in the process of consecrating Catholics for Life to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. I'm using St. Louis de Montfort's uh manual and as well as consecrating Catholics for Life to St. Joseph. So things like this from this pilgrimage are still um, bearing fruit. And in my life's Catholics for Life might not be here if it wasn't for that pilgrimage that my wife Anna and I and our little boy went on. So so thank you for that. And um, please continue to keep me in your prayers because throughout this process, I've become more and more convicted of how great a sinner I am and how much I need God's grace. And I'm just praying for the grace to be open to make Catholics for Life as as small or as big as God desires. So if you all could pray for me, I'd be very grateful for that. Where can people reach you? How do they get to find out about Catholics for Life? So we have a website, uh, catholicsforlife.us. And they can go there. Um, there's a, a contact form they can fill out to get a hold of me. There's also a contact form uh, if they would like to host me for a presentation, like I said, those different trainings we can do on pro-life apologetics, on societal counseling, ministering to post-abortive men and women, um, just a general pro-life presentation, how to use conversations about abortion to share the gospel so they can contact me. And, and I really encourage people to do this, definitely if they're, if they're close to Central Ohio, that would be great. Even if they're from another state um, or, or f- far away from me, I would still love to do a training maybe um, over Zoom or something like that if it would be possible. Um, or if I could travel there to go there and do a training, do outreaches with them, or just even to help give them the, the instruction and the resources they might need to start sidewalk counseling in their own community, to start leading public activism uh, outside their state house or at a college campus, or just different ways they can get involved in the pro-life movement. I'd love to talk to them about this. Or if anybody has any advice or guidance for me, um, I've only been doing this for a couple months now, but I'm trying to reach out to as many different groups, pro-life groups, Catholic groups, that I can to get advice on what outreaches we should be doing, what specific devotions our, our participants, our volunteers should be partaking in. So if any of you um, are interested in what I'm doing or think you might have ideas for me or you'd like just to talk to me, please go to our website, catholicsforlife.us, and you can fill out the contact form there, fill out the form to host us for a presentation. Um, and you can also reach us at contactcatholicsforlife at gmail.com. That's our email, contactcatholicsforlife at gmail.com. Gabriel, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. May God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you as well. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to LifeSiteNews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. 
We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.